Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast that celebrates the radio show Turn Podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, coming to you from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. I'm Ann Lundholm. Uh, on Mondays, we recap all the hot dog stories and the dazzling deets of the previous week's TBTL, but this is a Friday show where we often talk to a 10, uh, learn their story, and discuss their favorite clip. Uh, as we like to say, I can't do all this by myself, um, mostly because at any given time, I'm about 30 seconds away from breaking down into tears. So, thankfully, tonight I have with me the scourge of next door Kensington Trails in Kyle, <laughs> Texas. It's Mike Frizzell. Hey, Mike. Uh, hola, Anne. You know, um, I think you've increasingly proven that you can do it all by yourself, but I've <laughs> graced you tonight. You're just adding that extra something special. Sure. Yep. And joining us for this episode is uh, somebody that I've been looking forward to talking to, my fellow Minnesotan from Minneapolis. It's Shanna Gretton Demke. Welcome, Shanna. Oh, hey there. How you doing? <laughs> A true Minnesotan. <laughs> Technically, I can just do the accent fairly well. Ah, uh, well, that makes one of us. <laughs> So the plan tonight is that we'll have a little uh, session of must discuss. We'll get to know Shanna and pry deep into her background, deep, deep into her background. We will play her TBTL history clip. We'll tell you how to get involved. We'll do some housekeeping and then we'll get out of here. Sounds good to everybody? Mm -hmm. All right. Must discuss. We don't have a lot on the must discuss list, but I thought maybe we could just mention uh, something that Mike posted to the Stens page the other day, the set of tennis commercials that Luke was in, uh, which I dug up on YouTube uh, a few days ago because actually Luke was on Andrew's other podcast after these messages, and he made a reference to those commercials. And I thought, wait, whatever happened to those? So I went digging and I found them. And there's three, maybe, well, it's like two and a half because one's just a cut of mm -hmm. the other one. But uh, if anybody wants to see those and you missed it on the Stents page, they're pretty fun. I think Luke does a really good job. And I found them uh, on YouTube by searching the Bobolot channel. That's the mm -hmm. French tennis equipment manufacturer. It's B-A-B-O-L-A-T. So if you haven't seen them, check them out. Well, I will post I, them I now because I think it's they're probably pretty buried by now. Um, but yeah, a lot of people enjoyed them. And there is going to be one more where the candidate for president, who is Jack Sock, he's an actual tennis player, I think ranked somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, like 25. Really nice guy. And like, I think he has a really powerful serve. So, you know, having his racket is kind of a good thing, I guess. But um I I have to say this, um, given given the choices for president, you know, obviously I I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton because I've been recently reenfranchised. But uh, if she if she didn't win, I would definitely support Jack Sock <laughs> for president. In fact, I would support a Jack Sock for president ahead of <laughs> Donald Trump. Do we know that he's running for president of the United States? 
Well, it's, they're, they're fairly, they look like, you know, he's wrapping himself in the flag, kind of. So uh, he, they never say the United States, but, but it's Luke implied. plays a pretty sinister, advi- uh, pretty sinister advisor for this campaign. And uh, yes. yeah, they're pretty, pretty great. Yep. All right. So we need to get to know the guests. So this afternoon I was poking around on her Facebook page and her uh, Twitter account. And uh, it appears as though she was born in a town called Laramore, North Dakota. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Um, there, there were probably 1,347 people there before you left, but now they're down <laughs> to 1,346. And it's listed no. as part of the Grand Forks uh, metropolitan area, which is pretty impressive because I don't know if I've heard of Grand Forks. You haven't well, heard of Grand Forks? No. Mm-mm. The, it's it's where two rivers fork, so you know, mm-hmm. pretty pretty on the nose there. But no, it's it's just part of Grand Forks County. But Lairmore is uh, part of the Shelter Belt capital of the world. I don't know if you know that, but there Shelter is Shelter Belt. Uh, oh, um, imagine a tall roll of row of trees, mm-hmm. and that uh, because North Dakota is so windy, it, they plant they planted those back in the Depression era to help prevent some of the Dust Bowl activity oh. from happening. I've never heard of that. So on every section line, every every mile line has one. My question for you, having uh, grown up in Laramore, it being part of the Grand Forks metropolitan area, Grand Forks is in Minnesota, is it not? No, East Grand Forks is in Minnesota. (laughs) East Grand Forks is in Minnesota. (laughs) Because I was going to ask whether you identify as a North Dakotan or a Minnesotan. Both? You can claim to... I guess I'm a Tex-10 and a, and a well, I st- Seattle-10, st- Redmond-10. I, st- I, I still claim a little bit of Tex-10. I was there for a minute, so we're, we're good there. But no, I, I actually had a North Dakota meetup with uh, Ben, who lives in Moorhead. Uh, we went to a Maria Bamford show together uh, as we met up as part of the whole uh, 10s LinkedIn group at one point. Yeah, but Moorhead is technically Minnesota. Yeah, but it's on the border. Um <laughs> There's a lot of confusion up there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's border town syndrome. You you just like, eh, we all blend together into that, you know, Dakota soda kind of culture. It's you hop the river, the the bars used to close at different times, so you'd start on one side of the river, hop to the other side to get an extra hour in. Uh now what I want to know is um my roommate in college was from North Dakota and I watched her play this game whenever she met another North Dakotan. When we were in Ohio, so there weren't very many. But whenever she met another North Dakotan, they would play what I used to call the do you know game. Is they would find out which town they were both from, and then they would say, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And they would run through this until they found somebody that they both knew. And I saw it it worked every time. Yeah, where or is she from? until somebody lied so that we could go home. <laughs> There's no need to lie. It's It's... Worse than six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I can pretty much do that with anybody. It's pretty cool. I actually tried it myself once when I was uh, working at the second job, and somebody wrote a check that was from my not North Dakota, where my roommate was from. Um, city oh, really? motto: Why not my not? And <laughs> I said, "Oh, do you know so and so?" And she said, "He's my pastor." And I said, "Oh, I went to school with his daughter." Of course. So it absolutely works. 
Yep. And my husband's from Minot. So I've already got like six things going in my mind. So when he asked you to marry him, you said, of course, why not? Isn't that what Christy said to Jeremy? Sure. 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 (laughs) All right. Okay. There was a sigh. Um, So you went to college at North Dakota. Uh, the University of North Dakota. University of North Dakota. And yes. you majored in Chinese business and culture. I wonder how that kind of major even happens in North Dakota. Was this a big school within inside the school? Yep. Uh, well, the school within a school. It was part of uh, business and public administration. Technically, it's international studies. But whenever I filled this in on Facebook, that wasn't a choice because they used to do drop-down menus. So I was like, well, this sounds cooler anyway. Um mm-hmm. But basically, I just kind of went, ah, I don't know how to speak Chinese yet, so I should probably learn that. And may as well make it my minor, and why not? That's so okay. cool. Yeah. Chinese is awesome. The grammar is super easy, but the rest of it is really hard. Yeah, Cullen, uh, my stepson, he took a lot of Chinese in high school, and he's he's. Uh, I don't know if he's taken it in college, but he cleared the credits uh, credits in college for Chinese. and. I mean, it's pretty intense, but if you have the right kind of mind, which I probably wouldn't, it's something that I think would be fun because all the all the characters, he just loved the characters to start with, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a mind bender. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that you worked as a food service quality what, ad, administrator, is that? Um. Food safety and quality assurance coordinator. Right. Food service. Right. Uh, food safety. And that, that fascinated me because I've worked in restaurants for so many years and um, I don't want, I don't want you to give any horror stories here, but um, anybody who's worked in that, in that business has to have seen some, seen some stuff they don't, they, they wish they could unsee probably. <laughs> well, I was in it on the corporate side So, uh, I didn't get down in the trenches per se, but when people would find things in products, Mm -hmm. want them to mail them in. And I was the lucky person who got to receive those creatively (laughs) packed packages. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever been mailed unrefrigerated pizza (laughs) with lots of garlic? (laughs) I have. Was that their complaint that it was too much garlic or was it, was there a bug in there or what, no, what was the it, it actually was a legitimate complaint. Um there was a piece of wood in it about 5 6 inches. It mm-hmm. essentially looks like a piece of a pallet broke off and just shoved right. through the packaging. Oh no. So that, that happens. Basically that was like wood-fired pizza but instead of cooking the pizza with wood they fired the wood right into the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little uh, underdone, if you will. All right. So uh, how did you end up at Texas A&M? Uh, so or you, didn't, you, didn't, you were in College Station. You didn't go to Texas A&M? I can't, no, I, can't. I, I, I didn't go to Texas A&M. Um, okay. and we'll but you were in College Station. I was. Uh, my husband actually got a job down there by uh, going to a bar in Texas. Uh, North Dallas in Frisco 
And he was blackout drunk with a bunch of my friends and happened to run into this gal. And she said, hey, you got some extra seats at your table. Do you mind if we sit down? And he said, sure. And then somehow he had a conversation and it was a CEO of a company and he got hired. And then we had to move to Texas. You say had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they weren't going to let him work from North Dakota. So kind of the you know, geography necessitated it. But did he quit his other job without checking with you? No, no. Um, we we had a lot of uh, talk about it. I was actually okay. about five months pregnant at the time, so it was mostly oh, him talking goodness. and me crying because that's how sure. that's how life works. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I hear you. But it just kind of was one of those things. It was a really good opportunity, and um, Texas was never a place I thought I was ever going to live. So mm-hmm. uh, you know move away from all my family to a place I didn't know. And, you know, the moment we stepped off the plane to do um, house hunting, I walked out and we got to our rental car and there was, well, in my mind, they were giant cockroaches, but they were, you know, just some sort of scuttling black bug that parted uh, its way so crickets. I could step in the car. No, these weren't crickets. I know really? crickets in my basement right now. Um, no, they were just some scuttling black bug. They may as well have been scarabs from the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him. I go, you brought me here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not a bug person. I'd been traveling, pregnant, irritable, fill in the blank. So I was a little bit off my game. But no, we, we gave it a shot down to College Station. Yeah, I have really noticed that there are a lot more bugs in the world than I thought there were before. Now that I've moved to Kyle, just hundreds and hundreds of species just in our doorway waiting to come in. Don't you but, feel lucky? No, Why? I do not. I, I, I don't know if I've said this, but the other day uh, I walked in the door and there were three bugs on the back of my neck and I swatted one. I I swept away the other, but I think they were just... They were just providing cover for this third one that crawled down my shirt and into my ass crack. <laughs> oh Lord! So they're they're getting really strategic. These bugs, and never before have I have have I seen like this is a this is a bright sunny hundred plus degree day, and there's a moth waiting to fly into our house because it's, it's desperate. desperate. Oh, they fly it's, in your it's mouth. Going towards it's the so dark. Gross. All right. So, uh, how did you get out of it? Um, just the job didn't end up working out the way we thought we did. And then I found out I was going to have a second baby Mm -hmm. and we went, well, we don't know a whole lot of people. It's, you know, it's going to be man to man defense with two kids, but I think we need to be a little bit closer to family so we can get a little bit of relief. So Mm -hmm. we, uh, busted a move and moved back to Minnesota. Well, it's a good thing. I mean, I don't think you want to be pregnant in Texas because there's a very high mortality rate down here because the anti-abortion people have been getting all the women's clinics shut down since like 2013, 2014, something like yep. that. So I I've, I watched all that happen as I was there and I just went, yeah. oh goodness, this is a thing <laughs> that's happening right now. It's a bunch of bullshit and it only happens in Texas. They're protecting um, babies, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh you worked in radio. I did. Uh, uh tell us about that. What was your gig? Uh my gig was kind of uh by accident. I 
when I started my uh, sophomore year of college, I went, yeah, I, I need some cash, so I'm going to get a work-study job. So go to the bulletin board, and you know, this was a, you know, one thing. Jobs were still posted on a bulletin board in the financial aid office, and I went, huh, radio station. That sounds fun. I like music. So I walked into a college public radio station with an email address of Shanna at Metallica.com. <laughs> and the program director looks at my resume, talks to me for a while, makes fun of me for liking Metallica, and mm. says, all right, you're hired. So I worked my way from writing PSAs to being on air when the hippie guy didn't show up for his shift. Mm. Um and work there throughout college a little bit after I still at any given point, if I want to come back and be on the air for their fun drives, they'll let me. Um, then I moved to Fargo for a while. And then when I landed back here in Minneapolis, there was another community radio station that kind of wandered into and said, Hey, I can speak on the radio. Let me have a show. And they're like, mm, no, but that guy wants you to be on a show. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I did a radio show uh, on a local station here called KFAI. Um, I volunteered and ended up worming my way onto Minnesota public radio airwaves. Wow. Uh, I had a promotion, a promo during fun drives there that ran quite a bit. And even when I was in College Station, I managed to get on the air for their uh, local public radio station, too. So it's anybody who will let me be on the air for free, I'm usually going to let them. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, that well, works that, out for us. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, great. You know, whatever you need me, I'm here. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, oh, I told you when we started to set up this show that I had a bone to pick with you about your Twitter handle. Okay. Which is at Traveling Gypsy. There's no G on the traveling. It's just Traveling yeah. Gypsy. Yeah. There's um, an applied apostrophe. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can't use it. <laughs> the um, the reason I have a, a beef with it is basically my beef is with with Bobby. Because one day we were riffing in our chat or something, and I, I was trying to make a joke, or like a road warrior joke, and one of the go tos there is to talk about the the guy in the chaps, and I I said assless chaps, and Bobby called me out. I said, "Aren't all chaps assless?" And I was a little bit embarrassed. So when I see something like traveling gypsy, I'm like, "Aren't all gypsies?" traveling so i'm just passing along the the <laughs> shitty thing that bobby said to me really is what i'm doing that wow that wasn't as bad as i thought it was Whew. i've oh. been sweating the whole time no and really take it from bobby if you have a beef just go to him because he's the one who planted the seed for me to be rude to you tonight <laughs> on the air i'll take it no i i originally did it like that because one I made it when uh, Twitter wasn't a thing and, you know, this will never be popular. And two, I thought two G's look dumb. So I was like, yeah, I'll just drop one. Good enough. Yeah, I think it would look wrong with two G's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, but a more unique, more unique, there I go, screwing up the grammar. <laughs> a unique handle would have been stay-at-home gypsy or something like that. <laughs> Maybe if I need to change it, I'll go that direction. Gypsy shut-in. Uh, and, and unless you have anything else, um, personally, mm-hmm. uh, you, we can get into her TBTLness. Uh, I think we should do that. 
Uh, so, Shanna, how'd you find TBTL? I honestly have racked my brain since you guys started this podcast, and I have no idea. It's like it came to me in a fever dream one day and showed up on my iPod. <laughs> Maybe we'll say wait, wait, but I'm going to go with fever dream. Hmm. You're the first it, person to have no idea. That's pretty great. <laughs> it's just, it's always been there. Yeah. It, since I've had an iPod, I've listened to TBTL. It's kind of what it sounds like. Maybe it was like a um, a U2 thing. When you got your iPod, it was already loaded on there and you're like, oh. okay. Yeah. Except I kept this. I dumped that U2 like in the first five <laughs> seconds I was able to get rid of it. I don't it. even know how my iPhone music works. So I, I, I have no idea if it's on my phone at all. <laughs> well, so then if you can't remember ever not listening to TBTL, then you wouldn't necessarily remember what your first episode was. No, this is actually the weird part. I do remember that. And it was the week where Luke was in Spain and it was just Jen and Sean learning Spanish. And I was like, this is crazy. Why are they learning Spanish on the air? I have to keep listening. And so my first experience with TBTL is with Jen and Sean only with no Luke. Mm. And, 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 at, and the following week, he had so much jet lag, he overslept and he like missed the first hour of the show <laughs> because he, he just completely lost track of time. Well, that doesn't sound like Luke. No, I was shocked. <laughs> So did that uh, affect how you felt about Luke? I mean, no, because he wasn't I, part of your 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 imprint. Hmm, right. No, they talked about him enough to where he was kind of involved. And I think he did some sort of like YouTube video that was up on My Northwest at the, at the live blog or something like that. So I was like, I had this awareness of him, but he just wasn't there at the beginning. And I'm like, well, we all take European vacations, I guess. Right. <laughs> This is a high, highfalutin show. Well, um, I was thinking about that, and I think he did appear on the show at least once while he was in Spain. I'm not absolutely sure. Maybe he just called in or something. But um, the reason I'm remembering it is because the story was they were trying to find uh, somewhere to eat, uh, particularly at that point, like something – uh, maybe, you know, a real good Spanish restaurant. Right. And so they were asking a local where they, where they could eat. And she didn't speak very much English, if any, and she directed them to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and, would seem like very fashionable and classy at the time. Well, and she might say, Oh, here's a couple of white folks or mm -hmm. one white folk and his girlfriend. And the reason I remember it really well is because of the way the woman pronounced Burger King. And that was, and they couldn't figure it out. And then the lady like pointed down the street and at the Burger King. So sounds exactly right. I think he called in, but I'm not sure. He may have told the story when he got home. Not sure, but that's that was solid gold. I was like, yeah. oh, I've had those just bizarre travel issues. Right. right. Oh, that's a white guy. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, there's a McDonald's, KFC. No, I'm traveled to Spain. <laughs> I don't want to go to Claim Jumper. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Portions are too big for me. Okay. Uh, so what episode then would you say turned you into a 10? 
this was vivid. It was right before the 4th of July that kind of, you know, muddling along, I'd been, you know, slogging through the three hours a day, getting to the next day. And I was like, oh, call makers. They're going to do a call makers. I'm going to write in. They're not going to pick me because no one ever picks me. I never win anything. And, you know, it'll make me feel part of the show. So I was a hand lettering a sign for a friend of mine. And I had to go outside to wash my brush out in for some reason. And it was in that time, I thought I, I was safe, but no, they called me during that time. And that was when they, when you missed the call makers, they'd leave a drop on your voicemail. Right. <laughs> so honestly, what is that? 2008 or something like that. I still have that drop on my voicemail and I've changed phones several times, but they played uh, Jen saying, whenever Mr. Knightley rolls over and exposes his <laughs> genitals, it warms my heart. And then they played a slide whistle. And <laughs> I just, I felt so burned, but I could not laugh. I couldn't not laugh at that. That's hilarious. Of all the drops to pick at that time, that one. All right. I'm in. <laughs> we haven't heard that one in a long time. I think he avoids using the gen ones. Just, I don't know. Is it, I think it got maybe lost in the great Mac. Uh, oh right, right. that could be. Or when they left uh, Cairo, uh, a lot of drops got lost that way too. Well, they should just sit down with her and just make her do it again. <laughs> I could, I could email them the voicemail that I still have. There That'd you be go. Weird. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> Reverse play this. <laughs> All right, so that was almost a TBTL appearance. What were you going to talk to them about? Um. Something about how we were shooting gun. We were having the most American Fourth of July. We were going back to my parents' farm. We were going to shoot guns and drink beer and uh, fireworks and something along the lines with that. I think I just wanted to really, you know, show how American I am by doing all the things at one time, which mm -hmm. is really bizarre and not my personality entirely. But I just thought it was funny and I thought it would work with the show. And apparently it would have if you had bothered to answer your phone. Well, this will teach me to never wash out my paintbrushes again. <laughs> so have you had any actual TBTL appearances where you made it on the show? Uh, yeah, uh, kind of smattering. I kind of put myself in a, a, a B-list TBTL celebrity where you might remember the moment, but you'll never remember me, which is fine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But it was the first TBTL-a-thon. I emailed Luke, and I'm like, Luke, I love fun drives. This is awesome. And he emailed me back. He goes, are you serious? Can I call you? And I'm like, yes. So in that first TBTL-a-thon, I forget which day it was, but yeah, he interviewed me about how I like pledge drives and why that makes me an insane person. Did you do a pitch? I probably did. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's something I could pretty much do and when, when when phyllis gets on i'm like oh god it's just i, I just feel it boiling up in me like oh i, I can do pitch no no they don't need you just sit down just make your donation be cool about it <laughs> you don't have to be on the air for this if we ever have an lrb-a-thon you'll be our pitch person i promise you that i'm in but you know the best part about pledge drive is all the shenanigans that happens behind the scenes what 
We used, I don't know, maybe it was the stations I've been at, but it's the ridiculous weird potlucks that people drum up. Um, it's the time over the course of a week I ate almost an entire tub of peanut butter cups that somebody brought in. <laughs> um, it's the people that draw artwork on all the marker boards that will, you know, you, you got your running total, but of course it's public radio, so it's all marker board. And they'll create these elaborate drawings with skeletons or spaceships and all this kind of ridiculousness happens behind the scenes. That's just because of the ratio of randos to actual employees that are in the building? No, these are actual employees slash volunteers, which might be the randos of this. Equation. Yeah, that's, I meant to say <laughs> kind, warm, wonderful volunteers, <laughs> not internet randos. Oh, internet randos. Those are my people. That's how I survive no, these days. That's who I am. Okay, so part. so you have the um, TBTL-a-thon. Any other appearances? A uh, couple of emails here and there. Um, when they did the entire Christmas show of music, I somehow got a request in there, mostly because I think it was the Long Winters, and they wanted uh, to play that. You request the Long Winters, you're going to make it. So you kind of mm-hmm. kind of got to know your audience. And then when Luke had the infestation of Indian meal moss in his house, when I was working at food safety, I actually polled a bunch of my coworkers on how to get uh, rid of the Indian meal moss and wrote him a, uh, a, basically a novel on how to destroy pests in your house. Hmm. Oh, you're a good I, person to know. For me, for sure. <laughs> how do you I get them out of your ass crack? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, No. It involves a wide stance. Yeah, exactly. And some, <laughs> some wet wipes. Don't put them in the toilet, though. So I no. know that... Oh, go ahead. No, no. We, we, have, uh, we have like um, diaper pails in the, in the bathroom <laughs> for the wet wipes. We're great citizens. Probably the best citizens in Kyle currently. But it's a low bar. Yeah, it's an extremely low bar. I don't even have to pick up my feet. Uh, all right. So, Shannon, you've been on the show, um, but you have also been to some live events. I know because that's where I met you. Um, so yep. we met at the um, the live wire. I guess that's not technically a, a DBTL event, but close enough because Andrew was we had there. A event host the event. So the event was actually not the taping. It was the after party. Right, right. And then you came to the live show at the Legion with your adorable new baby, perhaps the youngest baby to ever attend a TBTL event. If anyone can beat a week old, um, I'd I'd like to shake your hand. No, when I walk through the door, so you have to walk through the bar part of the American Legion to get to the ballroom part of it. So I walk in, there's Steve Nelson and his children who are the bouncers. And he goes, wow, that's an even younger baby than just came in. <laughs> because I wasn't the only person to bring a baby to that show. No, I heard there were multiple. Yeah, yeah Hi- that- Heidi's baby was gigantic compared to yours. <laughs> well, mine was just a fresh one. So they're, they're tiny when they're fresh. Did you stay very long? I didn't see when you left. Um, I stayed throughout the whole show and just to show Luke, because I had seen Luke when I was pregnant, I just wanted to be like, here, here's my baby. I got to go home now because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> that was essentially the conversation I had with him. He goes, you brought a tiny, tiny baby. And like, he freaked out, but I think he also wanted to drink really bad. So he was, he was very conflicted about what was happening right there. 
Um, yeah, she's real cute. Uh, so any other live events that you've gone to? Um, I was at the Chicago <laughs> shows. I Heidi was going to ask that. Heidi and I road trip there and, uh, that was that was quite an experience in and of itself. We were barely in Chicago for 24 hours because we left uh, her work, drove through Wisconsin as fast as we could, which was hard because there was construction everywhere, uh, listened to a lot of John Chesh, and showed up to the show, basically gave our tickets, walked in the door, uh, met Jen's mom, and uh, then the show started in about three minutes after we got there. I was like, we, we couldn't have timed it better. And we got a parking spot right outside, which made me so happy. And yeah, then we just kind of hung out there, uh, did both Chicago shows, and then drove all through the night and wow. came back. Just wow. because of scheduling, we had to be back and couldn't stay for the magical night of karaoke, which was depressing. And But we, we got the, the meat of it, which was pretty fantastic. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. I think that that live show was maybe like a couple of months before I started listening. So I just missed it. Yeah. And I think there was a couple people who drove even farther. There's some of the people that drove through from North Dakota all the way to Chicago to go. Yeah, that's it a was, pretty good haul. Yeah. No, no, thanks. That's too far. <laughs> no, they were, they were just... I don't know. It was, there's just this frenetic energy that if anybody has a chance to go to a live show or a live event or something, you just go like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's all these people that I know from the internet. They're, they're my really good friends, except mm-hmm. for, for um, I've never actually met them. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter because you pick up in a minute. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite drop? I got a couple. This is this was also a pretty hard one. Uh, I I love the the thumbs up for rock and roll. The kid the kid who screams that he's actually from Minnesota. Uh, he was found mm-hmm. through one of the local bike shops here, and they they somehow got that video out because he was so pumped to you know if you ride your bike and <laughs> anyone can ride their bike if they try. And what are you gotta say thumbs up for rock and roll. I'm like, yep, yep. That's a fantastic line. I, I actually use that still to this day to my friends. And uh, tied for that will have to be Goodnight Bahamas. Goodnight Bahamas. Goodnight Bahamas. <laughs> Housekeeping. <laughs> Which, if anybody has the TBTL app, maybe I'm like the only one who still has it. There's still a lot of these drops on there. And I've actually used them at conferences when I need to kind of play weird things to get people's attention. <laughs> right. You can play, a, like, there's a soundboard on there. You can play a bunch of old, old drops. I can't believe that thing hasn't crashed yet. I never updated it. Mm. Slash put it in a folder for safekeeping. But it's, it'll still work. Wow, that's so cool. All right. And the final question, the most important one is why does TVTL matter to you? This, this one was so fun because, uh, my aunt has the same phenomenon, the college, uh, football team in Fargo, they have the, you know, the after show where they have this thing where they talk about the football players and you go through the season, you get to know them that. And at the end they have senior, the senior episode and, Every time she watches it, she just melts down and cries. And I go, why are you crying? And she goes, these are my close personal friends who I've never met. Mm-hmm. And it, 
it's amazing how close of a bond you can form with people you've never met. Mm-hmm. And when you finally do meet them, it's, it's going to be weird for about the first 10 seconds. Cause you're like, I, I shouldn't be just talking to strangers on the internet, but then you go, these aren't strangers on the internet. I've had deep involved conversations over X, Y, Z. And you become really good friends in a much quicker time span. Cause it's like, Oh, we've, you know, totally gotten past all the awkward stuff. We can just dive right into common things, inside jokes. You've got this pre-built set right there. And I think of all the people that I've hung out with over the course of time who have been tens and they're all fantastic people. Even though sometimes I may be holding a small baby and having weird conversations. So I'll jump in the middle. And I think I said to Bobby, the first thing I said to him was, Hey, they sell all dressed chips here at the grocery store. <laughs> and, he didn't think that was weird. He was like, oh, yeah, but they're not as good. You know, we we instantly had a, a touch point to where we didn't have to go like, hi, my name is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. How is the weather? What is your job? What is your deal? You, you, you get past that and you can just go straight into the fun part of being friends. Um, I'd only met Christy and Jeremy once, I think, before we started this podcast. And it it's, you know, when you know people so well over this stuff, it's like, you know, no big deal. We're almost still virtually strangers as far as seeing each other, but mm-hmm. we were so our lives were entwining in a weird way because of TBTL, and we're like, "All right, we're partners now. We're doing this." Yeah, and, and it's I worked have, out pretty um, well. Yeah, yeah, now that you're taking over, I, I'm on Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, somebody I follow on Twitter. His handle is actually at Wide Stance. Um, he I know was at this. the Chicago show. Person. Yeah, he was actually at the Chicago show, and we share a birthday. Oh, is is just kind of? I mean, and I I think we maybe talked briefly, but like we developed this weird Twitter friendship, and we wish each other happy birthday because you know we have the same birthday, and that's funny. And it just it's these weird kind of amazing connections that I just love. Yeah, he got to the gate quick. This is Gabe. Yeah. Yeah, he got to the he got to the gate quick with that wide stance. I'm, I mean, <laughs> there had to be a lot I, of people trying to get that. I feel like his handle used to be something different, but once he nabbed that, he was just like yeah. gangbusters. It's so He's funny. all set. All right, shall we move into the clip? Let's do it. Let's do it. So this clip is from the aforementioned Chicago live show. It's the second night, the Saturday show. And it was funny because they had talked so much uh, or they had planned so much for what to do on the Friday show. It seemed like the Saturday show was a really uh, much less strictly planned affair. And so there was a lot of uh, sharing and talking about what had gone on during the previous show and the previous night. So that's a very uh, interesting and very kind of TBTL snake eating its tail kind of thing to do. So um, Mm -hmm. Shanna, why did you pick this clip? Because I wonder sometimes how Sean moves through the universe. And this is a single section of how did we get here? And how are you still functioning? Like you have these weird things. You toss out these stories like, oh yeah, I went to the store and got some milk. Not the story at all. 
But I just, I remember sitting there being flabbergasted. I'm like, what, what are you doing? How do you talk to these people? And what kind of decision process do you make on a daily basis? (laughs) Well, for everybody else, let's take a listen and then we'll come back and uh, break it on down. Jen, you actually have been going into the photo archives of last night and you don't like what you, what you saw. No, I don't. Um, Jason took 160 pictures last night, and I would say that 90% of the photos that I am in, I am apparently auditioning for maybe, I think Tennessee Williams, something very dramatic. Because in every picture, Luke and Sean look totally normal, like they're having a conversation, and I'm like playing to the back of the theater. So I, I brought some slides to kind of look at what was going on well, last night. Well, you did drama at Jesus Creek, which was known as Rowdy, yeah. reaching out with, with drama, drama to, to youth. youth. So you have a... I don't want to waste it. Nobody obviously. knows what happened to the tea. <laughs> but I... Side note on that. Do you remember that there was a yearbook uh, year where they, when the people were in Rowdy, it was a year I was in Rowdy, and we took this picture where we were supposed to be like silhouettes... So we all stood in these like interesting, it was exactly like waiting for Guffman, like before one of the scenes starts. And they were supposed to dark us all in so we were a silhouette, but because it was Jesus Creek, nobody knew how to no. do that. So no. we're just kind of just gray. We just looked like corpses, like the. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, my year, we all wore um, overalls, like in the Come oh, yeah. On Eileen video. Right, yes. Those were. Those I don't know why clothes. that was our rowdy uniform, yeah. but. Um, so anyway, your dramatic training uh, has maybe taught you too well about playing to a room like this. Right. Clearly, I understand that when you're on stage, you need to um, overact. And I think that might have happened last night. If we could look at a couple of pictures. <laughs> like, nothing is that funny. You know what I mean? That's too much. Too much. You're trying too hard, Jen. Not that funny. Um, this explains a lot of the stuff Sean was doing last night. Yeah. And also just look at Luke. I mean, he just seems <laughs> you, you so very... concerned. I mean, he's just concerned about the entire situation. You know what I'm thinking about at that moment? I'm, I'm not even joking. Uh, like two weeks ago, I got my taxes back from the people. Not the return, not the money, but the thing you send in to make it official. And I've been carrying it around in a bag. And at that moment, I'm thinking... Did I fucking mail that? <laughs> because it looks like I'm doing a sling blade yeah. impression. It looks like you've got some cha in your, yeah. in your mouth. I don't know what it's Well, you know, on. Jen dips heavily throughout every show. That's a just... That's Sorry, my, a, my so that one was Everybody rough. knows that. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think this is when I'm confronting the mother that left me at the orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like some of the stuff you said about the Jews... In that segment was shocking. Yeah, um, and, I don't know. It was like it just out. was very cathartic just time. Based but, on our woo. listenership, um. and that's just anger, like <laughs> a lot of anger. Although you can't see my royal ring. Oh yeah, yeah. But woo, yeah. Look at that, gesticulating. I don't. Thank God that my hand is blurred. I don't know what I'm doing. 
but um, it was just, I don't know why I was so dramatic last night. It's great to be alive! Celebrate it! Now, you guys... I'm just making sure that worked. It does. Thank you, Fabrice. <laughs> you guys also um, were not great last night for a couple of reasons. Um, because is... I was sweating whiskey at one point. One Pure, these... unadulterated whiskey. This is the family photo, like I said to them. I want to take a family photo before the show. Won't that be sweet? Won't that be great to have a family moment? One of these is not like the others. Smile, 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 smile. Grumpy McGrumperson. <laughs> like, you're the seven-year-old who's like, I'm not going to smile. Also, I have glasses, Jen. Um, yeah, I was sort of... <laughs> I was sort of just feeling like... You also you know, have a hat. So does Jason. I was thinking at that moment, just sort of, I don't, because sometimes in pictures, I don't want to really like smile a lot because it just seems posed and this and that. Uh, and so I was just thinking, no I'm gonna... guy has ever looked badass smiling in a photo. You know what I mean? Like badass are photos going are for like. Badass? Was any part I of was. This? I don't know what kind of family you're trying to create, but I, <laughs> I really thought it was going to be more commando than. Apparently, your I mean, idea of it. I've got the five o'clock shadow. I've got the no smile. I've got it going on. Um, I had a picture of Luke also making a crazy face, and he lost it. I did not lose it. She emailed me these pictures no. to put in this slideshow, and I did not on purpose lose it. Did you or did you not say when we started the show that your number one motive was vanity? Did you not say that? Uh, also revenge. Right. Revenge plus vanity. It's 50-50. Right. right. And it was a photo of you um, with your mouth open so wide you could have put a, a cue ball in your mouth. <laughs> That's how I warm up for the show. <laughs> but I think your vanity was like, mm, delete, lost it. I Maybe you don't you, even remember doing it. I'll tell you this. I never saw that photo. Had I seen it, I would have deleted it. <laughs> But I never saw it. You know what's interesting about this particular photo? You see this outfit that Sean's wearing? When do you think we saw that outfit again? Today at 1230 in the hotel? When somebody stumbled into our meeting? Yeah. And I said, are you wearing the same outfit? And he said, no, no, I slept in it. Yeah. (laughs) It was a comfortable outfit. So we... Got back to the hotel, the James Hotel, official hotel sponsor of TBTL. Thank you very much, guys. And we were very tired, and we, like normal people, all of us, including a sneaky snake over here, went in the elevator and went to our rooms, but someone slithered out of the hotel, apparently, and into the night. I did. What the hell were you doing last night after we were all in bed? Uh, Well, I went out because I really just wanted to find a pack of cigarettes, Mm -hmm. so I went to a store. Um, But um, So I wanted to go get some smokes, and so I ran into this guy uh, named Tony after I tried to get into the Redhead Piano Bar, which is just down the street, and I was wearing some sneakers that weren't appropriate because you needed to have, like, dress shoes and he's like, but did they notice your ripped black T-shirt from 1979? <laughs> no, no, they problem didn't. With that. They had no problem with my ripped T-shirt. That T-shirt was fine. Yeah, it was the shoe. And I was like, really, dude? Like, who's gonna look at my feet? I just want to drink. He's like, sorry, pal. And so anyway, I ran into this guy named Tony who, um, uh, had- well, in our meeting, you described him as quote unquote quote unquote a showcase hobo, <laughs> which I don't even think is a real thing. <laughs> what? Why would you describe him as a showcase hobo? 
well, he was a showcase hobo because before I knew that he was um, of the hobos, he was really... Uh, easy, it's Hobo American. <laughs> okay. Hobo American, I'm sorry. Uh, he, I, was, he, I was like, hey, where can I get a drink? And he started, you know, we walked together and talked together. And he was a well-put-together person like anyone that you might meet uh, here or anywhere else, right? And um, we stopped in the 7-Eleven. He bought a couple of bananas. And uh, <laughs> two. Two bananas. And uh, I bought a pack of smokes. And so he directed me towards these bars. And then as we're approaching the bar area, um, I was like, hey, man, can I get you a drink? Do you want to smoke? He's like, no, I don't drink or smoke, but uh, could I get $2? And I'm like... And he asked for $2 specifically? Well, he asked for some money. And I was like, oh, so, okay. So I gave him a couple of bucks. So I guess he he said that he was homeless. He didn't have a job. And I'm like... But so this guy, this apparently straight-edge homeless person... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um... Took you around on a tour of Chicago. Yeah, he I mean, opened he, up the night's possibilities for you, and your thank you was $2. He, he laid it all before me. Yeah, $2. I've got booze money, not bum money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a and t-shirt. he sort of led me on. I thought he was going to be a drinking partner. But Ironically, was- you would have bought him thousands of dollars worth of alcohol if he would have gone into your... But helping him pay the rent, no. No. Nah. Did your showcase hobo look like this by any chance? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Because um, he has a lot more hair <laughs> the dude that I met. Than anyone. Um, but uh, I did run into a guy named Abel. I don't know where Kane was, but I did, I did run into a guy named Abel at the bar. Um, a nice Mexican guy who kept saying, K, K, when I was talking to him. Really, he was actually saying that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we also spoke, you know, English. English. That's the language. That's yeah, what English. It's called. Um, but then also, I ran into this guy named Mac. After uh, was that the guy on the roof? Yeah. Yeah, because this is a thing that you just said to us in the car ride over here. He had told us the story about his wild night of meeting a showcase hobo and meeting someone named Abel. And I noticed you didn't make the joke about Kane because you knew he would have said eighty-six. That, that shit. <laughs> Don't do that on stage. Right. But then you said, like, just an hour ago, oh, I just remembered I was on a roof with a guy named Tony. Yeah. So, no, Mac. Whatever. And so I met this guy. After after Abel left, this guy, Mac, was like, hey, what's up, man? So we were chatting, and we went on a walk about, and uh, we I don't know what building we were in. I don't know where I was. But we were in some building walking, like, think Die Hard when Bruce Willis has his shoes off and he's walking around on, like, the 75th floor and there's all these, like, pipes and shit. Uh, or sugar, pipes and sugar. I said, since it's, it's all, all ages, ages. and I were trying to keep it, um, Sugar, that's what my mother keep says. It family friendly. So and it's four in the morning. It's like four in the morning, which is great. Chicago, they sell booze until four. Yeah. This is so. exactly why, by the way, this recording will be why they changed that law. <laughs> so. Someone will submit it to, uh, Rahm Emanuel's administration. <laughs> At any point we're, we're in your clean. Die Hard night, did somebody utter, shoot the glass from out of the frame? Because things could have gotten dangerous for you. No, but Reginald, what's his face? The cop Reginald from Bell Johnson? Family yeah, Matters. from Family Matters. He was there, which Oh, was God, that must have been a strange evening. You might have hallucinated strange. that part. Yeah. So, well, Shawnee, the fact that you survived and made it back to the hotel is, yeah. number one, improbable. <laughs> and number two, really uh, a good thing, because... It would be weird if you died and we had to do the show. I mean, we would still do it, but we would definitely probably dedicate it to you. Right. For That'd sure. be pretty cool. It would put a kind of a real pall on the evening's events, though. Yeah. So I'm glad you made it. 
Uh, so Luke seems pretty surprised that Sean is still alive at the end of this adventure. And I have to say, I agree. I don't know what would possess him, as you said, Jana, to take these actions. What? Like, wh- where do I even start? You know, you, you've had this full night of everything. I mean, they were out, they, they talked to people, they hung out, and then you'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to go for a stroll at late 30 in Chicago. Yeah, uh, not, you said not for cigarettes, right? Yeah. I didn't know he smokes. Maybe I think that he's was a drunk smoker. The, yeah, oh. I was going to say, tired and emotional, that tends to make you want to go yeah. in a direction. I just, oh, I, I think about that. And then, you know, you'll just wander down the street. And I don't know when he goes, you know, ask him for a couple bucks. You know, I got, I got booze money. I don't have bum money. <laughs> so calling <laughs> the guy a bum to his face, that's not, that's not nice, right? No. I think it was to his face. I think oh, it was didn't. in his head. I, okay. I don't think so. It, it, can, it felt like an aside. I mean, maybe I'm going back to my memory and kind of looking at how, you know, Sean was talking at the time. So maybe I have a little bit of insight on this. I, yeah, I hope not. you're right. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me either way. <laughs> I prefer the more complimentary hobo. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. It's hobo American. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry. Transient American. But, but it was a uh, okay the you were talking about how Sean moves through the world and how you're you're surprised he's still here and i agree with that i you know as you get older you get more conservative right there was a right. time in my life when i was much more open to new experiences but i think he's too open to new experiences mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe uh maybe stay in the hotel and if you think you're going out to get cigarettes but you walk right into a bar you didn't go out to get cigarettes it's, i'm sure cigarettes are easily achievable in the city of chicago at any hour yeah it's not the 1980s where they're in vending machines everywhere right <laughs> I, I i liked that uh, when Luke was uh, sort of getting into the story, he talked about how Sean actually got in the elevator with them and pretended that he was going up for the night. <laughs> and then he was a sneaky snake. I picture him doing an elaborate, oh, oh boy, can't wait to hit the pillow. And then hits the button right back down to the lobby. Did he even leave the elevator? I, I, I wonder about oh, the he did. No. <laughs> well, I just, I, my husband talks to just about anybody and everybody and he makes instant friends like Sean makes instant friends, but he just leaves them at the bar. He doesn't bring them along on adventures to allegedly go on rooftop. Yeah. The timeline of the story is very concerning because, you know, you're with him, you meet Tony, the showcase hobo, <laughs> and then all of a sudden... He goes off and he's with Abel and Mac. And where did these guys come in? And whatever happened to Tony? Hmm. True. Well, Tony doesn't drink or smoke, so he's not going to go to the bar. So once Sean gets to the bar, he has to say goodbye to Tony. Also, when someone denies you your bum money, you're you're pretty bummed, probably. And you just want to <laughs> go back to your homeless. Yeah. Also, being a straight edge hobo, that, that's an interesting <laughs> life choice. Yeah, and could he really been as as straight edge as Sean c- characterized him? I mean, really, Maybe there more was there was Normcore. 
<laughs> there was no <laughs> sign that this guy might not be just some random fella to go and get drunk with. I, I don't know. Like this story leaves me with more questions than I think it answers. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Christy in this instance where yeah. I, I left them like I questions all day. Yes, yeah. and Sean gives the most interesting details. Like he said, we stopped in the Seven Eleven, and I got some cigarettes, and Tony got a couple of bananas, two bananas. Like why he feels that he has to include these details to get so detailed on one thing, but then mm-hmm. so Swiss cheesy on another. Bananas are probably the most affordable and best nutrition that you can get at a 7-Eleven, I think. I, I wouldn't make fun of Tony for his 7-Eleven bananas because it sounded like he was strapped for cash and you can usually get a couple bananas for a buck over at the 7-Eleven. Not that I've ever bought them there myself because I just, I don't know if I could ever eat a 7-Eleven banana. <laughs> just, I don't trust it. So what you're saying, fall out of it. Right. You're saying that Tony is making better decisions than Sean. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's a blind take to anybody being making better decisions than Sean. I mean, I'll take just any random person and I'll say that guy is probably making a better decision than Sean right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. He ends up on the roof of this diehard-esque building at four in the morning and he has no idea where he is but he somehow managed to get back to the hotel which we have no idea how that happened how far did he go like where's the where's the family circus little diagram around chicago right we need a little yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and if you had been able to shanna if you've been able to get them sit them down that night after the show i'm sure you would have been satisfied because you could have just drilled and drilled and drilled and gotten that picture but it's been so long now that even if you got everyone together um and you got to interrogate sean i i doubt he remembers i doubt he even remembers any of this really or much of it the weird thing is sean bought me a drink after the show and i had the perfect opportunity where i could have grilled him but i think i was just so lost in the moment of Oh my God, it's Sean and he bought me a drink. I totally just fangirled out and forgot about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, it would have been weird if you just said, "Uh, you know, come here, let's go in the banquet room. We're going to sit down and uh, we're going to work this out. Yeah. Get the the exposed light bulb up by his head and start asking some serious questions. Well, if this had happened to me, you better believe I would remember it because it would be such an aberration in my daily existence. But I get the feeling that for Sean, this is not something that's particularly out of the normal. So why would he remember it? Even if he hadn't Mm -hmm. been drunk out of his mind, which I'm sure he was, there's no reason that it would be differentiated from any other, you know, Wednesday night. Yeah. You or I would remember it the rest of our lives, but Mm -hmm. he's had... 55 to 100, maybe more interesting <laughs> adventures since, you know? Per year. Yeah, we just haven't heard about them. I mean, I, I've had some interesting encounters over the course of time, but nothing that really compares to the volume that he's doing. <laughs> no. Yeah, you and, do and a lot of stuff, Shannon. I mean, I forgot to say that when we were interviewing you earlier. You mm. do a lot of stuff. And one thing I noticed... Uh, not to bring it back too far, but 
you had a blog uh, in which the last entry was, I'm just going to do one thing a day or something like that. And since that was the last entry, I, the blog didn't make the cut, apparently. No, it was literally the one thing I did that day. And then like any, you know, coffee, pickle, turkey diet, I just sure. went, nah, I'm good. I'm good. We've moved That's on. It. I, wow, that wasn't the entry I thought you'd pick out. Not not the one where I saw a dead guy on the roof. Excuse me. Or I, when I slept was it outside. Abel or was it Mac? <laughs> no, this was in China where all sorts of weirdness happens. Because I, I lived in Shanghai for a time, and that was that was quite an episode. That was like you know the year and a half where I was Sean, and then I went, Nah, I'm good. Mm. Going back to the states, and mm. we got to settle that a little bit. Mm. So can we talk about the rest of the clip as well? Because there's some good stuff in there that yeah. starts when uh, Jen brings some photos from the Friday night show. And I wish we still had these photos that we could look at, but you must have seen them. I did see them. And I think I've got a Facebook album of this show. So I might have a couple that would be close to what Jen was describing. And she was not wrong. <laughs> She's very, very animated in photos, apparently. And I actually, uh, our friend and fellow fan, Lynn Pham, had posted a big Flickr album of pictures from the most recent Chateau Saint-Michel picnic. So I went through them and I looked at the ones with Jen pretty carefully because I wanted to see if I could see this crazy uh, animated side of her. And I could kind of see what she was getting at. Yeah, she seems to have the same genetic condition I have, which is uh, being able to have your mouth open in every photo. <laughs> it's really impressive. It's it's only on your grandma's side, but apparently we're somewhere down the line the same because I know exactly what she's talking about. There can be like normal, normal, and then my hands are in the air, my mouth is wide open, and I'm who knows what's happening. So I I, I sympathize with this completely. <laughs> And uh, uh, she highlighted the one where she said Luke seemed really concerned. And he said it was because he was thinking about his tax forms that he's been carrying around for a number of weeks and he couldn't remember if he'd mailed them yet. And I thought, oh, Mike's going to love that. <laughs> uh, as long as you're not doing them on the show. That's okay. You can worry. It wasn't not this time, but I mean, this happened in May. So this was almost a month after right. they should have been mailed. Well. Let's be real. Two months after they should have been mailed. <laughs> uh, if they owe you, it's all right. But I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> no, they're, they're still working on that one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then uh, the other photo that I really liked was the one that kind of uh, uh, set off the dis this discussion maybe was the family photo where she said it was smile, 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 grumpy McGrumperson. And she, she took Sean to task for not smiling in the pictures. And he said he doesn't like to smile too much because it looks posed. And I thought, well, it's a picture, Sean. You're supposed to look posed because you're posing. For a picture. And then, yeah. And he said he was trying to look badass. And Jen very rightly said, I didn't know that's what we were going for. Also, um, there's probably no picture in the history of ever where Sean looked like a badass or in real life. So let's not, not get carried away. 
I mean, he's carrying an oversized pencil and wearing roller skates. How is that not badass? <laughs> right. He's five, almost five foot nothing, and he's carrying some novelty pencil around, and you're just like, uh, not a badass. Unless he knocks someone over the head or stabs them with it, I'm not going to believe he's a badass. Now, my brother went through this phase when he was a senior in high school. So his uh, high school senior photo, he's looking very stern and serious at the camera. And my mother was just beside herself because she so desperately wanted him to smile. And he's just like, nope, I'm so, doing uh, the badass. Maybe this, I need to see if this is a Midwestern thing or only my family thing. When someone doesn't smile in a picture, are they referred to as a flower pot? What? What? Mm. Okay, so this is my family. This is so weird. I had a couple older older cousins, and they didn't like to smile in pictures either. And for some reason, when you don't smile in pictures, like, don't be a flower pot. It makes no sense. And we always said it. And I just didn't know if it was us being weird, which confirmed, or if it was a Midwest, a broader Midwest thing. Maybe it means you're not acting like a normal human would. So now you're just a piece of background. I don't know. That's my guess. I have no idea. I just, yeah, no, it's strange. Wow. I don't know. I, I like it. Maybe we should spread it. <laughs> spread it as you will, like seeds through the non-smiling pictures of my youth. I'm changing mm-hmm. it to, to Jack Sock. You're being a Jack Sock in, in the picture. <laughs> you mean I look handsome like a tennis player? No, the other kind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. Yep. Uh, And the the final picture that I wanted to talk about was the picture that nobody saw because Jen said that she sent it to Luke and he lost it. And he said he did not because he never saw it. And then she said just the greatest thing. She said, did you or did you not say when we started the show that your number one motive was vanity? Did you not say that? (laughs) And he said, "Uh, also revenge. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way that Jen holds Luke accountable for the things that he says. And I I wish that Andrew would do it a little bit more Mm -hmm. because it's so great to turn the screws in on Luke and call him on the things that he says. Oh, when I'm listening, I always perk up when Andrew um, says, oh, well, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh boy, it's going to get interesting because Andrew's going to actually express his disagreement with, with whatever it is, not voting. Or <laughs> but Jen just goes for it. Mm-hmm. Every time. But I like how Luke always comes back with a self-deprecating remark as well, because what's an even worse reason? <laughs> and a really honest reason too. Isn't that sure. Isn't that why we all really love Luke deep down is that he's so honest and he he's always almost always the villain in his own stories. Right. You know, he always comes off looking like the bad actor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I appreciate as someone who's who's willing to take himself down. Yeah. The only the only uh weakness in that game for Luke is his Twitter account. He's trying to cultivate some something he's not on Twitter. So the funny thing is that came up in my time hop is I tweeted out, Hey, welcome to Twitter, Luke Burbank from (laughs) back in the day. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, if those tweets hadn't been deleted, I just got to remember what he used to tweet out. Mm -hmm. It's gone. They're, they're gone, gone. Anything with less than 20 likes or, or hearts or whatever they're doing now, gone. Not, not retweeted by somebody 
famous right, right somebody more famous not than adding you. a conversation <laughs> it's very convoluted these days mm-hmm. well he seems to understand his rules even if the rest of us don't no you know, never he didn't will. follow me once for a second because i got drunk one time and tweeted out how was your podcast and uh. he followed me and then he directly unfollowed me when he saw that all i tweet about is professional wrestling <laughs> well yeah it's not one of his passions <laughs> I was, you know, shocked and a little heart, but I went, nah, nah. Dust he only fine. follows like 35 or 40 people, at least last time I, I looked. And I, I'm i surprised he did the follow and unfollow because I, I, he's so conservative with that damn Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, I was and shocked. And it, it's insulting, isn't it, Shanna, when someone unfollows you? <laughs> A little, yeah, because I went to show one of my friends. I'm like, Luke follows me on Twitter. And then it was like not. So I had to go back and screenshot like the moment <laughs> in time where he followed me. And I'm like, proof, I've got this. Yeah. And yeah, it'll never happen again. And that's totally fine. Well, a, a great way to get somebody to follow you, if only for a second, is to quote back something funny that they said, you know, because we all like that. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking hilarious. I like this person. Whoever, Whoever thinks I'm funny. Like, I think I'm funny. I like this person. I'm going to follow him for 15 minutes. Hey, that, if that's all I get, totally fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so do we have anything else that we want to talk about with this clip? Um, I did. Just one more thing. The Rowdy comes up. It's come up yes. before, which is Rowdy is uh, reaching out with drama to youth because the two <laughs> is silent in that and the reason I want to talk about it is because uh, I was a, a child actor in the community theater from about age eight to 11 or 12. Um, and I, I would, you know, I would, uh, I, I don't know if the ads are in the paper or whatever, but I would, I would, you know, follow the ads and, and then go audition. And then I'd be in these plays. And I mean, right now I wish I were sentient enough back in the day to chronicle all the behavior of the crazy waiting for Guffman, Corky St. Clair type mm-hmm. people that I was dealing with. But when you're that age, you don't even know they're adults. They're scary. <laughs> they're scary <laughs> until they hug you on opening night and then you're like, okay, I guess this person is actually okay. <clears throat> um, I, one time I went out for an audition and when I got there, it was, it was like a Charlie Brown um, play. I, I don't know. There's a lot of like, it was a kids. It was an all kids production, which I usually wasn't in this type of thing, but I turned out and there were all these kids and a bunch of adults and a bunch of parents. And I started to get a very Jesus-y feeling. And, oh. and I'm not a church kid. I wasn't a church kid. And it's the only audition I ever walked out of before it was done. And I wonder if it was reaching out with drama to youth because <laughs> I wasn't having that reach. No, thanks. <laughs> I did all that church drama. I did school drama and church. Uh-huh. I played the Good Samaritan once and we did magical dinners and stuff. I didn't care. It was just a That sounds like a reach a to, for you and a Good Samaritan. That's a big reach. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they would let me do it if I had a singing part. I'm a much better singer than I'm an actor. Well, we know you can cry now. So Yes. I totally, it's on purpose at the drop of a hat. I just <laughs> turn on those waterworks. I can too. It sucks. As a guy, for the most part, my whole life, you know, it's kind of sucked, but it feels good. It does. Let it out. Yep. 
I'm wiping my nose on my sleeve right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> as long as you're man enough to kick their ass when they come after you. Yeah. Well, I always, uh, I always frown in pictures just for that reason. So everyone knows <laughs> steer clear of this badass. All right. That's, uh, I guess that's it for the clip. Um, let's do a little housekeeping. The stickers, the 10 stickers and Little Red Bandwagon stickers are available at littleredbandwagon.com. They're really cool. Mine's been on my laptop since I got it. And it's a, it's a conversation starter with people. Uh, and, you know, I may not want to start a lot of conversations in Kyle, but the place that you live is probably more <laughs> a place where you want to do that. Uh, you can click on the Amazon link there and uh, be quickly be ordering all of your Amazon crap and we will get small kickbacks from that. Uh, of course, you can donate. Um, there's a button where you can donate as well, and that is happening steadily. Um, and If you'd like to get involved with the show, you can come and visit us on our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can stop and check out our Facebook page. Uh, or come and find us on the Stens page. We're usually around. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. And Shanna, we know that you're on social media. If you want to give us a refresher on how people can get a hold of you. Yep. Uh, best way would probably be via Twitter. And it's at Travelin Gypsy. So that's T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-Y-P-S-Y. Or you can come find me on the Minnesotans page. I probably post there more than I do the stands or the normal TBTL page. <laughs> you can uh, send us an email if you have something that you got to get off your chest at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you can sure send us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And I guess that does it for us tonight. Shanna, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, sure. It's been a great time. <laughs> So I guess I will get us out of here and say, until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it.